BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your host, This is your host, Tina. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibe Nation. Geek Vibe Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Good morning, everyone. Um, as my intro said, this is the Top 10 by Geek Vibe Nation, and I am your host, Tia. So today we are actually going to be going over the top 10 moments in the show Titans on the DC Universe app. If you guys haven't gotten the DC Universe app, I would actually highly recommend it. There's some really great content there. Not only do you have the show Titans that we're going to be going through, but also Doom Patrol, which if anyone has listened into any of my podcasts, I try to mention it at least once just because it is an utterly fantastic show and absolutely once that is complete we're going to be doing a top 10 just because I'm obsessed. Now I am kind of waiting for my co-host to hop on so while we are doing that you know let's kind of go over a little about the show Titans which um, I believe came out ah, shoot uh, last year and actually, I'm hearing rumors that the second season is going to be coming out in the fall of this year, which is super exciting. Now, I remember when they were showing the behind-the-scenes pictures of the Titans. We were all a little skeptical. The costumes didn't look uh, completely up to par with what, what I was think what I think we were all kind of expecting. But after finally sitting down and watching the show, because it's kind of been recent, I think that they did actually a great job given what the context of the show was. It felt a little bit like a darker, more adult version of what we see on the CW, which I was completely fine with. I think that um, the CW shows do a pretty good job with their costumes, so I kind of feel like Titans emulated that a little but obviously with the use of more adult language and adult situations than what we see on the CW. But uh, like many I've, many of the listeners here, I grew up with watching uh, Teen Titans. I have not seen Teen Titans go. I think that was a little after my time, a little cartoonish, although I'm hearing uh, somewhat good things about it. But to see these characters that I used to watch on, um, I believe, 
it was the CW as well, or Warner Brothers, someone please correct me, or Cartoon Network, but to see these characters that I watched on uh, Teen Titans come to life was an absolute treat, and I absolutely love what they did with all of those characters, Um, even just alone with Dick Grayson, Robin, what they did with his character was absolutely outstanding. He certainly was the breakout, but I have to even say that I believe that Anna Diopes, and I'm probably mispronouncing that name because I seem to have a flair of doing that, but she was absolutely fantastic as Starfire. I loved the uh, storyline that they had for her and what they were kind of doing with her character. Just an absolute badass female, and to have that on the show was just such a treat. And her, we can all agree, her chemistry with uh, Dick Grayson was amazing. But we can also speak about Raven, who was the one that I was probably just the most skeptical of just because we, it kind of seemed like, it kind of seemed like the trope of the, the emo girl that um, we've seen before. And I really was skeptical of if I was even going to enjoy her character, but I really did actually, they did a good job in making her, young, because she was, I believe that she was in high school, of making her young, and then, you know, we saw her background, and she was vulnerable, but she had these dark moments at times, obviously, and that was just all great, and then Gar, um, I, I have no problem with the CGI effects of him, I think that was something that I saw a little kind of criticized online, but I really had no problem with it. I mean, you have to remember that it was the first original show that they put on DC Universe, something that you can kind of say was a complete experiment in a way. And to see what they did with him and the effects, I I think is fine. I think that now they see that People really enjoyed Titans. It was successful, and obviously more people are signing up to DC Universe. We'll probably see more, you know, more stunning visual effects in the second season. If you haven't gotten DC Universe, I believe it's something like $6 a month. So it's not expensive like the other streaming services, although I completely agree that we're probably getting a little too out of hand with those streaming services. But... I think it's completely worth it for the fact that you have such shows as Titans and Doom Patrol. And I really do hope that I kind of get some of my guests on here just because I really want to speak about some of these things. But I suppose while we're kind of doing this solo right now, I guess I could go a little into it. Um, In the fourth episode of the Titans, the Doom Patrol is actually introduced and they're a little different. That's the thing. So if you're watching Titans for the first time and you're wondering whether or not you should actually watch Doom Patrol, I would say don't go based off of the episode that you see on Titans because they did completely revamp um, the characters for, uh, for the show Doom Patrol. I mean, even the guy who plays the chief is different. Uh, the guy who plays the physical form of Negative Man is different. 
So Matt Vollmer still voices. That's the thing. So uh, for the characters, Robot Man and Negative Man, uh, Brendan Fraser voices Robot Man and Matt Vollmer voices Negative Man. But when you see them physically, that is not them physically. Those are other stunt actors um, playing them physically. Not really sure why they decided to do that, why they didn't just put um, the actual actors in costume. Maybe someone could point that out to me, but just to let you know. So in uh, Titans, when you're introduced to Negative Man, that is a completely different person playing the physical form of him. We get a different stunt actor in Doom Patrol. But... um, And you can actually also tell the difference between the CGI between the two shows because we do see Elastowoman, Rita Farr, in uh, in Titans in that episode and also obviously in Doom Patrol. And her powers are a little funky. She uh, essentially, uh, her molecules can kind of turn very blob-ish anyone who watches um, these shows knows what I'm talking about, but you can tell the difference between the CGI in Titans than you can in Doom Patrol because it still looks pretty grotesque, but it looks uh, faker. I'm not sure if that's the word faker in Titans than it does Doom Patrol. So that's just the one thing. But um, yeah, so I just think that if you're, trying to see if you want to even invest in Doom Patrol, absolutely, please do it. It is a fantastically weird, uh, abstract type of show. I mean, we have Alan Turk as the main villain, Mr. Nobody, and he is absolutely killing it. He is completely debating his performance, but honestly, and I know this is supposed to be a Titans top 10, but while we're waiting on our co-host and because they kind of, um, well, that's the thing. I don't know if they really now exist in the same universe because I heard that it came out that there was a statement that the Doom Patrol actually isn't in the same universe, even though they were introduced in Titan. So that's a little funky, but um, just it, it's this fantastical world that really should just be completely enjoyed, as is Titan. We are living in a world where we could possibly be a little oversaturated, honestly. Um, with uh, all these superhero shows just because there's so many of them and it's kind of hard to keep up. I'll admit that. There's plenty of shows that I don't watch just because it's, um, there, there's, so, there's so many and to kind of sit down and really dedicate time to all of them just is a little too much. Like, I will be honest, I've never watched The Runaways, I haven't watched The Gifted, and I haven't watched Cloak and, da- and Dagger. I haven't even watched Legion, which I hear that Legion is actually utterly fantastic, but um, I haven't gotten to watch all of those. So that's why even it took me so long to watch Titans. But I'm very happy that I sat down and did so because they completely blew me away within uh, that first episode just because it was so dark um, it was so captivating, and I just love the adult spin that they decided to go with it, even though it's not technically Teen Titans, even though Raven and Gar are quite young. 
it doesn't have that like very lighthearted um, feel to it like we experience in the cartoons. We have um, we have uh, Raven and we have uh, you know all these other characters that have such a dark past that um, it's just insane. And it's really enjoyable and really great um, to kind of see all of that happening. Uh, and I just think that it's a show that you absolutely, utterly should watch. Even so, we have the main characters, such as, um, as I said, if I'm rambling, I do apologize, everyone. It's quite early here, but that's uh, sorry right, to have a cup of coffee, and we are going to be all good. But what I was saying was you also have some side characters like Cough and Dove who are also really captivating. And I do apologize that I don't have the names of any of the actors right now. Probably should have prepared a little bit more, but I wasn't necessarily expecting to speak for this long, But uh, which is no problem. You know, guys, it's, it's completely fine. But uh, Hawk and Dove are also very captivating characters, but also their own tragic uh, background that we see. And um, they, too, add just such great uh, fulfillment and depth to this show. And I do hope that we get to see a little bit more of them in the second season. There has been a little bit of a question as far as the end of um, the show you know, the final uh, episode, some people have really kind of questioned whether or not that was a good ending. I personally enjoyed it. I had no problem with it at all. Uh, so, Juwan, do I got you here right now? Yes, you do. Uh, for some reason, I like hit a little bit of a technical difficulty. Log Talk was um, playing with me before the show, and then literally in the middle of the show, it's like you have no host, and I was like, oh, geez, I was like, of course, but what else could go wrong this morning? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that, but I'm here. Uh, well, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Uh, we have our uh, I was going to say Capitan with us, Juan, and you sound hella tired, so I do appreciate you <laughs> getting up and joining us right now. Absolutely. Anything for you, too. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be interesting uh, listening back to this episode and seeing what the hell is happening. But anyway, <laughs> we are doing uh, the top ten moments in Titans, which, you know, I finally was able to sit down and watch this show after months and months of all of you guys telling me to actually do that. I remember I was talking to Ryan and AJ, and I was like, I can't wait to do a Doom Patrol one. And they were like, well, you need to do a Titans one first. So here I am doing a Titans one without AJ and Ryan. Hopefully they'll wake up too. But <laughs> I guess while we're here, we might as well kind of jump into it because I've been talking to you straight, and I'm sure that someone who is listening would like to hear anyone else but me speak right now. So, Juwan, you know, if you want to give us your number 10 moments in Titan. 
Ooh, there's so many. Um, and my fear is always giving the best one uh, low toting pole. But um, I guess I could start with uh, the scene of Robin kind of taking down those common street thugs um, just to kind of show us, one, that his, uh, his Robin seems to be in the same universe as um, uh, Ben's gritty Batman, which I loved. Um, and it broke my heart to know that um, they weren't going to go at the same age for Ben. I get it. I, I, I do get it. But I just thought Britain, uh, Britain's uh, Robin was perfectly constructed for that kind of Batman. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a powerful scene, and we actually got to talk with him at New York Comic Con. Um, and he kind of said it was a liberating thing. It was one of those things to where it's like Robin wants you to know don't worry about Batman. You should fear me. Um, and I loved it. It was such a, uh, a standout moment. Um, and, and I remember Mike saying it was one of the things he didn't like was the F Batman. Um, but it's liberating. It, it, it honestly is. I mean, we see a lot of kids rebel against parents um, a little bit more physically. This was cool to see someone do it mentally um, to the point where it's like, I, I don't owe that guy anything. Like, no, you know what? I, I'm going to take over this city. I, I'm the guy you should fear. Uh, the action was great of it. Um, a lot of people thought in the original trailers he was killing people in it. He was not. The bullets went into the air. It was to disorient uh, the the villains. Um, it was just really cool to see, super violent and refreshing to see a different uh, Nightwing. Well, not Nightwing, I'm sorry, Dick Grayson. Because um, the comics always have him as such a, a lovable guy. It was cool to see him step out of that comfort zone and become a little bit brute. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, I I don't mind the F Batman. I absolutely love the new kind of like spin that they have in this show. And I absolutely love when he crashes down and all the thugs are kind of looking all over the place and they're like, okay, where's Batman? Where's Batman? I kind of was sitting there going, you know, that's really insulting for poor Dick because he's like, hey, I'm right here. Why aren't you guys paying attention to me? And I'm sorry, like, I know that he's quote unquote Robin, but like, even his costume, to me, I like his costume. His costume looks badass. He looks badass. So I'd be a little scared of him too, but those thugs were just completely thinking to themselves, well, Robin is here, that means Batman can't be, you know, far away, and Robin's like, no, 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 me, all me. But I did think that he, I thought that he killed those thugs, because he certainly did, you know, kill people later on in the show. It's not like they kind of follow the trope of him not killing anyone. So I have thought that he had at least killed those thugs, but you're saying that, no, he didn't? No, he actually didn't. Um, he, he didn't kill the thugs in that one scene. I'm trying to remember um, when he did kill, but it, it was obvious that they, they were making this Robin um, after Ben's Batman. Now, again, I'm not saying that they were connecting the, the show universe to the movie universe, but um, you could obviously tell that um, this Robin was molded from a really dark Batman. Now, I'm not saying the Batman that he was molded after um, necessarily uh, without their killing like Ben Affleck's Batman was. Um, but you can obviously see he, he kind of took motivations from it. He was acting more so 
um, he fights crime out of rage rather than um, for the need of justice. Uh, and that's the biggest difference or the fundamental difference between Dick Grayson in the comics, um, Dick Grayson we've always known, and then this one. He kind of seems like that line is blurred for him rather than strictly knowing like, oh, I can break this guy's arm and obviously not have to rip it out of its socket. This Robin looks like he's looking to rip it out of your socket first um, and then beat you with it. So they definitely went a lot darker with Dick Grayson. But to me, I'm okay with change. Change is cool. I mean, everyone slammed Ben Affleck's Batman for killing, and it was just like Michael Keaton's Batman set someone on fire. Like with the – not the engine, but like the the flamethrower in the back of the, the Batmobile. Um, Christian Bale <laughs> killed like at least 30 people in the League of Shadows when he set the whole place on fire. Like these Batman do kill, so let, let's let's not act like it's new. They kill. It just didn't seem as in your face as when Ben drove a Batmobile through a car that had people in it. So you know, <laughs> I don't think that we're ever going to get a show where Juwan doesn't bring up Ben's uh, Batman. Uh. <laughs> well, it mirrors. I, I'm going to say this now. Any scene I refer to uh, that has Grayson in it, I probably will. Only because it it just, if you watch BVS and watch Titans, it looks like it's a spinoff from BVS about uh, Ben's, Ben's Robin. It, it's just, it, it's like they mirror each other. Yes. And I completely get that. Uh, I want to interject for one moment before we go to the next one. So how do you feel that apparently, because we talked about this, you and I and Nick, um, a while ago, how do you feel that my voodoo dolls apparently worked and Ezra Miller is now out as The Flash? Um, well, obviously, you don't use your powers for good. We can see that. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I think when we initially said it, I think the audience thought we were joking. But I, 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 I definitely wasn't joking, Tia. You definitely do have powers. Um, and it seemingly all this shows me is that you're out of control. <laughs> uh, probably. So Ben Affleck is out <laughs> as Batman. Ezra Miller is out as The Flash. And it's just going to be super interesting to see the DCEU moving forward, seriously. Um, but with that being said, I will hop on to the number nine. And this should be a little, I guess, cliche for me and expected, but I'm going to pick the Doom Patrol's introduction in Titans. Just because, as you know, I do love the show Doom Patrol and will always probably reference it whenever I can. But uh, I do enjoy this just because as an episode in a whole. I love, first of all, Gar uh, kind of helping Raven after she had that, like, extreme moment, because if I'm remembering correctly, she was um, escaping the the nuns who were trying to kind of essentially exercise her. And Gar, who virtually knows nothing about Raven, I mean, he doesn't know how powerful she is, how dangerous she could be, um, just brings her into his safe haven. And we see the, you know, we see Robot Man, we, we see uh, Negative Man, we see Rita, and we're introduced to them. And it's this, like, wacky kind of um, 
it's it rem- I don't know even what it reminds me of. We were saying to Mike the other day that he should check it out if he's a horror fanatic, but this really just weird, funky, um, twisted kind of world because I thought that something was a little off when Larry was making his meal and then it's this huge, massive feast. And if you think about it, there's really not that many of them. And then Rita just comes down. She looks like this gorgeous starlet. And then she's just piling her plate high with, like, the most, like, unhealthy foods that you can ever eat. I mean, there was, like, fried chicken. There was a massive freaking steak there. There was a... piles and piles of spaghetti so that I just thought was hilarious and then I also kind of liked the little scenes between Raven and Robot Man where you know obviously Cliff can't eat because he's a robot and he's asking Raven you know what certain foods taste like and while everyone else is kind of like you know Cliff calm yourself down Raven's like no no I'm you know he she's uh humoring him and also even said that she would dance with him and it's just like this nice little also look into who Raven is which I really liked and I just like the episode as a whole even though the characters were uh different than what we see in the actual show and the chief is different which I will say I'm really happy that they changed the chief just because I didn't particularly like the chief in this episode but I like the one in the Doom Patrol uh, show. So that's going to be my number nine. Uh, Before I go over to you, Juwan, to ask you what your opinions are of my pick, I have to say that we have AJ on with us right now. Good morning, good morning. (laughs) You gave me a scare, AJ. I was like, I'm going to have to do this show all by myself. I don't even have ten moments. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't even have my, I completely forgot, and I also overslept, so this is just going to be me with complete memory, so (laughs) wish me luck on this one. (laughs) Well, you know, it's always welcome you here, and this is the fun of the top ten. So uh, it's Juwan and I. Juwan had the number ten pick, and he did uh, Dick Grayson versus the Robbers, the uh, famous, you know, F. Batman scene. And then um, we're at the number nine, which is the introduction of the Doom Patrol. So actually, since Wait. you just hopped, so since you just hopped on, on I'll uh, ask you. Hmm? Which one was the first one again? The first one was Dick Grayson Robin versus the robbers in kind of the beginning of the season where okay. they're all like, oh, where's where's Batman? Where's Batman? And he's like, fuck Batman. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you want to either comment on that or comment on the number nine pick, which is the introduction of Doom Patrol, the floor is yours. Okay. For So um, the Dick Grayson versus the um, – the um thugs I really I really enjoyed as well. Uh it was a great introduction to to the whole just the whole Titan universe and it just showed how amazing the action sequences can be for the whole entire show throughout and with the season finale it just proves that the whole show was amazing, not just because of action sequences. But Given, given um, Dick Grayson a good, 
uh, what is it called? A good character rather than the what was the Batman and Robin movie, which was total garbage. We actually got our first mm-hmm. great, our first great Robin, and who who plays him again? Um, Britain, 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 Britain yeah. And he's just, I just feel like he's he does the um, character justice and. I know that many people before the um, show came out, when he said "fuck Batman," everybody, well, almost everybody, didn't like it. I was one of those people as well. But when it was, when I actually watched the full show, and it gave some context to it, and throughout the show it gave it more context, I actually actually enjoyed that whole sequence, and it showed Robin in a darker tone, which. <laughs> um, from the animated show and the comics where he's all um, what is the word he's all goofy and all uh, so yeah I actually like this iteration of Dick Grayson and for the introduction to Doom Patrol this I had like no idea what the Doom Patrol was before before this and to see those characters on screen for the first time are just being introduced to this characters for the first time, I just immediately fell in love, and I could not wait until um, that announcement for a Doom Patrol show as a whole. They announced that. I was like, yes, I'm in. I'm all the way in. We have, uh, what, Robot Man. We have all, all these great characters. And... We actually, oh, man, what's the word? Sorry. Um, we get all these great characters that we never heard before or some of us haven't heard before, and they're actually great characters. And, yeah, yeah these are um, two of the great picks I would choose as well. Thank you. And I also have to shout out, a thank you to AJ for letting me use his uh, login for the DC universe <laughs> so that I could, so that I can watch these amazing shows. I do always appreciate it. Um, Juwan, what do you think of the introduction of the Doom Patrol in Titans, even though they, it is different than what we see in the actual Doom Patrol show? I, I thought, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I was curious on why Jeff Jones introduced characters um, before their actual show, knowing that um, who was casted at that moment, you weren't going to stick with it. Um, you, you could have easily not had it and saved it, um, or just had the chief, um, have Beast Boy interact with just the chief, um, and then have Beast Boy go, where's the rest of the Doom Patrol? And then Chief goes, don't worry. They're out on, you know, they're out on a mission or they're out somewhere else or, or whatever. Um, I was just always curious about that. I didn't have an issue with it. I was just curious about it. Um, but it, it was good. I mean, I hadn't seen Doom Patrol since um, Teen Titans, the, the animated show. So it was good to see those characters again. They were also in Justice League Unlimited. Um, so it was just really cool to see them in live action, see Gar interact with them. <clears throat> and then, you know, possibly the the opening for one day of seeing. I would even love it to be the reason Cyborg joins the Titans is because of Gar's connection to the Doom Patrol. 
like the Doom Patrol maybe even says, <clears throat> I think you're wasting your talents with us because we're not really heroes. Like, I think you'd be better suited going with, like, Gar in, in the Teen Titans. Uh, or the Titans, rather, sorry. Because um, we know that's inevitable. Cyborg is not a member of the Doom Patrol. He is a member of the Teen Titans. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Beast Boy and, and Cyborg interact. If you follow Ryan Potter and uh, Javion on Instagram, they already look like they're best of friends. So that that's definitely coming. Um, but it was just really cool to see the Doom Patrol interact with <clears throat> the Titans. And I do hope Jeff Johns has a crossover plan for us in the near future. Um because to see the Doom Patrol fully um, aware of their powers, uh, and then just to see Raven in Starfire interact with Crazy Jane, I think would just be great television. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would like that to do that. That would be amazing. And also, I can't wait for when Cyborg does cross over to Titans, because I have to tell you, I think that Jovian Wade, that's his name, right? Yeah, uh, Javion. Jo- Javion. Javion, I think I it is. I think. I think. I don't want to correct you, and then it turns out I'm wrong. <laughs> I just say, I think it, it's... Well, that actor is doing such a fantastic <laughs> job. As the, I don't want to mispronounce his name either, because I have such a bad habit of doing that, but that actor is doing such a fantastic job as Cyborg. He really is. I enjoy his Cyborg so much, and it will be uh, great to see him on Titans, because it would be kind of one of those things where, you know, in Doom Patrol, they are constantly making a reference of him in Justice League, but then to see him in Titans, and he's like, okay, he goes, I was with the Doom Patrol, and they were pretty awful because they're not heroes, Um, and now I'm with you guys, and uh, I guess this is a step up because now you guys actually have powers and you guys are actually uh, in tune to fighting. So one more step to the Justice League. (laughs) So that's kind of how I, like, feel that maybe Cyborg would be looking at it. But, yeah. I really enjoy him and really hope that we see him interacting with the Titans very soon. Uh, So moving right along, AJ, because uh, you joined us, we are going to give you the number eight slot. Okay. Um, I want to do the introduction of Donna Troy, um, played by Connor Leslie. Um, I've loved Wonder Woman all my whole life, and I was introduced to Donna by Wonder Woman comics and Titan comics and all of that. And to see um, Donna, well, Wonder Girl, like introduced in live action for the first time, first um, the first time, um, really excited me, especially together with Dick Grayson for the first time that was actually great. Um those two those two get together, I feel like I just love their relationship and it's like a um what is it? Not boyfriend girlfriend relationship, but like a um older sister and younger brother relationship. And Connor Leslie portrayed the character perfectly and Britton, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, or I don't know how to say his name, uh, last name. Um, he he um shows the vulnerability of his own character when he's when he's with um Donna because she he knows that he can 
trusts her with all his life and all of that because they've been together um, since the beginning. Her um, between Batman and Wonder Woman, they've known each other. And to see those two characters interact, I just feel like it was one of the best things in all the Titans, the Titans um, series so far. And we, like, all agree that Dick Grayson has, like, really amazing chemistry with pretty much all of the female characters on Titans. Just pointing which, it out there. <laughs> Go ahead. Which is yeah. awesome yeah. because it's, like, that's such a Dick Grayson thing to do, to be just, yeah. like, such the the pretty playboy. Like, I mean, it, that's why when they created Dick Grayson, it was it was so much fun to read the comics of him is because he was, everything Bruce wanted to be in the sense of um, Bruce lost his, his side of humanity becoming Batman. Um, he lost just like all the things that would make him just a regular human being. Um, and Dick Grayson was supposed to amplify, was supposed to be that other side of Bruce. Um, but it was just really cool to watch Dick Grayson become Bruce in the element of being that suave playboy. Um, and that's why, um, and one of the funny things, because uh, I actually interviewed Connor Leslie, that she was very clear on, is that there is no romantic chemistry between yeah. um, mm-hmm. Dick Grayson and, uh, and Donna, um, which I love, because I, I was telling her, I was like, it does kind of become a little annoying to have characters that all, like, any time a male character interacts with a female character, it, it has to be like a love angle. And it's good sometimes just to have someone that's just a, a good friend. Um, but, I mean, this this is a great pick, um, AJ, mainly because uh, she was telling me in the interview, like, you haven't seen Don, you haven't really seen the, like, the essence of Wonder Girl yet, but you will. Second season, um, yes. Yeah, and she also Can't teased wait. to me a costume. She teased to me that we'll be seeing a costume soon. Um, and she said all she could say is this, she will be kicking a lot of butt. And I was like, that's all I needed to hear. Like, before, like, <laughs> Jeff Johns shuts down this interview, like, don't say anything else. I read you loud and clear. <laughs> Season two, you're going to really come out of your shell. I'm good. Um, but, no, it was, it was really cool to kind of see the idea of, because if you think about it, I mean, she thought this was an interesting take. Her her character, Donna Troy, and um, Dick Grayson, they both retired, essentially. Um, they stopped mm-hmm. becoming the quintessential superheroes because they were kind of somewhat driven away by their, um, you know, by their leader. She was making it clear that what Grayson's going through with Batman was not what she went through with Diana. Diana allowed her to leave. Um, Dick Grayson was more of, I have to leave Bruce. He's, he's like poisoning me. I have to leave. She was saying hers was more of a, Diana, I kind of want to just be my own person. And Diana was like, sure, go ahead. Um, so she made sure she was very clear on that, that they don't share the same hatred <laughs> for their, um, their teachers. Um, so it was just really interesting to kind of see how um, she kind of not only humbles uh, Grayson, but she is that person that he can go to that he knows when I tell her something, she will set me straight. Like, I don't ever have to worry about someone just telling me what I want to hear. Um, she is that voice that I always need. Uh, quite like, which is I thought was very interesting, quite like Bruce is with Diana. Diana is someone who will always set Bruce straight, 
always tell him um, what he needs to hear, not what he wants to hear. Um, and she's not afraid to slap him upside the head if she needs to. So it was she, very interesting to see. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, she, Wonder Woman is like the um, mother of the Justice League, just like Don Choi is the mother of the Teen Titans or Titans. They just give this um, type of relationship that's very loving and caring, but yet strong and steady for all the, all of its characters. And Batman and Robin are basically the leaders, but they know that they have to listen to Wonder Woman or Donna Troy because those are the, like the true like essence of the whole team. So that's why I, I will I like say. I will say uh, really quick if I pass it to you, uh, back back to you, Tia. It was really interesting that she, um, I asked her, I said, you know, you coming from the Mascara, um, all women island, you know, you guys are very close close to each other. Do you think Donna would have done the same thing for Raven that Dick did in the, uh, in the idea of taking her, um, protecting her? And she honestly said she wasn't sure. She wasn't sure if Donna would do that because um, because of what she was trying to free herself from um, with uh, with Diana. So she wasn't 100% sure if Donna would be able to make that sacrifice of being the either big sister or mother to, to Raven, kind of like we see Dick Grayson being to Raven. Um, and I thought that was very honest in, in, in forming, um, mainly because it's like Raven's power set, I'm pretty sure – those two characters would have clashed, and it would have been pretty bad. Um, so it was just really interesting to hear her say that. Uh, that that was a really fun interview. Um, we geeked out a lot, and she 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 was actually saying around season two she would love to come back on. So I'm like, we got to make it happen. She was so much fun to talk to. And uh, Juan, correct me if I'm wrong. We can find those interviews on uh, the Geek Five Nation YouTube, correct? A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched them, you definitely got to go and check them out just because it is so cool that you uh, got a chance to speak with all these fantastic actors. Um, totally jealous. Totally jealous. But it's okay. I'll I'll stop being jealous in a second. But, uh, <laughs> Juwan, actually, <laughs> we are going to go back to you for the number seven slot. Whew. All right. Um, I'll say for this, I'm going to pick Raven exploding the, I guess, was it the church? I can't remember what that place was. An orphanage, maybe? I don't know what it was. Uh, it had none, so I, I wasn't really sure if it was, like, a church I or think it was an orphanage. I thought it was. I thought it was. I really love that, though. I mean, I, okay. My biggest issue <laughs> with Raven's character in this show was always, in the comics, the idea of her powers didn't come from, like, a different entity. She was the power. It seems here in this show there is an entity in her body that is the power, and it's just so confusing. Um, like, I watch it, and I'm just like, I don't know why Jeff Johns went this route, but um, it was just really cool to see her kind of, like, explode to where, like, she blew up half the orphanage. Um, and it was just one of those things where it's, like, we see how powerful she is. 
I hope by the end of season two we can see her being able to better control it. Um, and I did ask, um, I can't remember the, the actress's name. It, it slipped my mind. Um, no, I think it was Tess or something. Anyway, um, I, I'll look it up in a second. But it was just really interesting to talk to her because the first thing I asked her was, like, are we going to hear Azeroth, Metrio, and Zentos? And I remember her, like, <laughs> she she looked up at her agent and she was like, someone come get me, please. Like, I can't answer these questions. <laughs> Um, and I was just like, no, I just, you know, it's a, it's a logical question. Like we, we know Raven is very much into her spell book. She's very much into Zen. Um, and we haven't seen any build up to that, any interest of it or anything like that. So I'm just curious, like, is this something that they're not really going to do or is it something that's been talked about? And she's just like, I can't say. And I'm like, that's a yes. Every time you guys say that, like anytime you tell me, I can't say it's a yes. So you just told me yes. Um, but, no, she, she was a, Tegan, Tegan Croft. That's her name. There we go. Um, she was just so much fun to talk to, and um, you can tell she loves the character a lot. Um, and it was just fun for her to say how much of a polar opposite her in real life and then her playing Raven is. Um, but, yeah, that, that scene to me was, was very crucial to her character. Cause right after that, I believe, is when, she ran away with Gar, or, or not long after that. Um, so it did set up a, a nice arc for her going forward. Uh, but it was just really cool to see the visuals, her just, like, having enough and, and not wanting to be trapped anymore, and then, boom, freeing herself. Yeah, that scene, uh, when she kind of created this massive hole within the orphanage, I was like, holy shit, I was like, this is crazy. I mean, she really is very powerful, or at least the entity that is in her is extremely powerful. Um, I was kind of talking a little before you guys both hopped on that I was a little skeptical about Raven, uh, just in the visuals, um, you know, just she's this teenage girl and very sort of like, you know, she's goth, but she doesn't know what's going on, and she's scared, and yada, yada, yada. It's a little emo at times, but uh, I think that she did a fantastic job, and I really did like that scene as well, just because I was like, man, is she going to, like, kill everyone in this uh, orphanage? Are the nuns, like, you never even then knew if, like, Art had such, like, a sneaking, uh, sneaking uh, suspicion, just because I was like, are these nuns bad? Are they good? And then it's like, are they just trying to contain her because they know that she has this, like, evil kind of, like, demonic spirit in her. So it was just, like, this intense, intense scene. And you are right, Joan, that is kind of just before she meets up with Gar in the forest and he takes her to uh, Doom Manor. So uh, great pick for the number seven. AJ, I'm going to shoot it over to you and ask, you know, what are your thoughts on that scene? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the character of Raven, isn't I'm I know the essential like characteristics aren't the same, but the the way she uses her powers is still the same. Like, yeah, she loses control because of that said entity and all of that, but that's the same with the Teen Titan show. She always loses control. She always tries to like stay calm, but for this, she's just scared. She doesn't know what to do, and 
this is one of the reasons why um, she's one of my favorite characters in the show is because in that, like, specific scene, you can tell that she doesn't know what to do or she's she's just a scared little girl. And to um, prior to that, when Dick Grayson leaves her and um, she just loses trust in, like, everybody and all of that. Um, but once she figured out that she was um, – Wait, yeah, when she was um getting locked up and that she was, I think she was going to get sac- um, sacrificed or she was just staying there for her own protection. That's what the nuns were saying. I don't completely remember that, <laughs> what they actually said. But uh, when she looks at herself in the reflection of the mirror and she just sees her dark self or that entity, um split personality I would say because even in the um Teen Titan show she has split personalities and all of that but in this show I only showed one of them and you see like um the dark entity like trying to um degrade her and all of that saying that like she's nothing and all that she just um scared and doesn't know what to do so yeah this was very um an emotional scene for me as well so I agree. This would be in the top um, ten pick. Yeah, and just whenever in a show, I guess you have uh, an explosive scene, it's just always enjoyable to watch, just to see kind of that like uh, letting go, pretty much, of any restraints, and her just kind of going at it. And we really get to see that she is very powerful, and it has to be. Uh, completely confusing for someone such as herself uh, being so young and everything kind of happening all at once. I mean, you have to feel bad for her because it seems like every single person who comes into her life except for Dick Grayson um, has some sort of ulterior motive. Every time she gets hooked up with someone who you think is going to be uh, good to her is then just looking either to use her or to eliminate her, it seems like every time. Um, it almost, I guess, in a way became predictable. I mean, I started distrusting everyone who came into her life. I mean, as soon as her mom popped up, I was like, I don't trust her. What's going on right now? So uh, even the nuns, I was like, I don't trust this. What is going on? So um, great pick, uh, Juwan, for the number seven. Uh, I'm going to take the number six slot, and I'm going to pick when Starfire, um, Corey, is up against the Russians. Uh, kind of like one of the first times that we see her, just because at that point, you know, she doesn't understand what's going on. She doesn't have her memories at all. But clearly she has some sort of involvement with this Russian guy, and she's in that room with them, and he's kind of like, I loved you, how could you do this, blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't have any idea what her person had done you know, prior to losing her memories, but just the fact that uh, she just sat there and started laughing, and she's like, yeah, I don't think I loved you back, and I was like, oh, shit, Uh, that was just such a badass thing to say, just because it it wasn't like, oh, well, I don't remember you, or, 
you know, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. She was just laughing and saying, like, yeah, I don't think I loved you back. And when we saw her powers just manifesting, first of all, I think that that is, like, you know, in the show, sometimes the visual effects aren't really that um, polished, I want to say, which is fine. Um, I think that we'll probably see better visual effects in the second season. But to see the fire kind of like completely rising up through her being and then the way that she obliterated those guys was just insane. I mean, I thought to myself, I go, that's a terrible way to go. Um, You probably shouldn't have kicked kicked the hornet's nest with this woman. But uh, it's just a showing that even though she... Uh, couldn't remember who she was. We didn't have to go through this whole uh, trope, the season of her, you know, figuring out that she has powers or something like that. It's like, no, she she has powers. She knows that she has powers. Even though she doesn't fully understand who she is, it's still there. So I really like that, that we got to see that within, I think that was the first episode. So we didn't have to wait very long to see uh, Starfire's powers manifest, and I just really enjoyed that scene a whole lot. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her completely. Uh, all of the controversy around her casting were completely um, unwarranted because she did an absolutely fantastic job. I don't know how you guys uh, think about it, but I just absolutely loved her. So, Juwan, I'm going to kind of shoot over to you and ask what you think about my pick. Um, I like it. Uh, I will say I don't think the, um, her powers are, um, uh, a visual mistake. I believe, again, this isn't me saying I know, I believe, um, that what they're trying, fire comes out like just pure fire, um, is because she doesn't know how to control it yet. As she learns to remember who she is and how to control her powers, it'll manifest into blast. Um, instead of a huge, like, just ray of fire. Um, I, I at least hope, because um, to me, I don't think you take I, – I think what the issue a lot of these <clears throat> people have with Titans is just its overtness to be violent. Um, and sometimes it's just like, all right, I think you guys, like, made yourself clear that, you, you know, you're not in any way, shape, or form – like the cartoon, which is cool, you know, take take your own liberties, but to have these members of the Titans just killing people, it's like after a while, it's kind of just like, no, you should you should probably like veer away from this a little bit. It's it's too much. Um, so hopefully, uh, what's what's going on with Starfire is that the more she remembers, um, she'll she'll gain more control of her abilities, and then you'll see the the fire in her hands turned into, like, green, like a green uh, source of just, like, pure energy that she could shoot at people. Um, I hope. I really do hope. But I did like Anna's um, introduction to the character. I like the character a lot. It it has a lot of fierce attitude. I am curious because I always thought it was funny in the cartoon. I don't know if you guys remember this from the cartoon, but, like, she was saying how – or maybe this was uh, Young Justice, but she was saying how, like, when she kisses people – that's how she learns different languages. Um, yeah, it was she, the anim- I think it was the animated movie. 
Yeah, she kissed Grayson, and that's how she learned English. And it was like it was just hilarious. It was a very funny moment. I don't think we'll we'll get that now because obviously she just randomly knows how to speak um, English. Um, but no, I, I do like what they're doing with the character, and I could definitely see her being, excuse me, the leader of the team going forward. Because um, you can kind of see how Grayson doesn't necessarily want to commit to being the leader. Um, so I would love it if she were able to just come in and just take over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, she, I feel, has kind of the ability to do that, and especially since now we found out who she was, and she figures out who she was, that um, it kind of just makes sense that maybe she would then step into the shoes of being the leader of the Titans. Uh, before I move forward, I do want to say that we have Joelle with us today. Uh, welcome, Joelle. Good morning, everybody. And I mean, <laughs> good goddamn morning. It's uh, it's really early for me. But yeah, I'm here. <laughs> the struggle. It's always so funny because uh, I get up usually around 7 o'clock every morning, so Every time we do this, everyone sounds so tired. And I'm like, man, I've been up for hours, guys. <laughs> way too early on a Sunday? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's my internal, my internal clock. It just wakes me up. But, uh, Joelle, we are mm-hmm. going over the top ten moments in the Titans. Um, nice. uh, sorry, I thought my dog was going to start barking. Of course, there she goes. She starts barking. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we just did the number six slot. I did uh, Starfire kind of uh, decimating those Russians within the first episode. And maybe if you want to give us your thoughts a little on that, and then uh, I'm going to shoot over and give you the number five slot since you just hopped on. Beautiful. Um, all right. Uh, Starfire decimating Russians. That was, that was a little crazy, uh, especially the first time I saw it. Uh, I'm like, this show's really going there because I wasn't expecting all this. I guess I should have based on the trailers, but I didn't know how far they would go. And this this Titans uh, show has definitely went uh, hardcore, I guess would be the best way to put it. And and she crisped them up. She really did. Um, And they were, you know, they, they, they were definitely talking a lot of junk and she definitely didn't need to take any of that lip until she burnt them alive. So I respect her for going all out and killing them, even though uh, she barely knew who they were. (laughs) Um, But that was really our first chance of seeing her powers, I think at that point. Um, And again, based on that, like anybody that knows Starfire, um, at least the one recently, uh, she's known for her like green bolts. Uh, and her blasts and shit, and so that's the, they definitely took it old school with the flames, the actual burning uh, of people, um, and I appreciate them for that. So, so I did, I did enjoy that scene for what it was. She definitely left them all crispy, uh, and and it, I mean, not a bad, not a bad scene at all. Um, <clears throat> though I, I do hope her powers do get expanded in the future season two. Uh, I can't wait to see, because now that she's just trying to like, find herself, uh, I'm just hoping there's more to it, like, especially, like, costume-wise, because that crazy outfit. Though she had, like, three or four different purple outfits, and, like, one of them I could not, I did not like at all. The other two actually weren't as bad as it. They looked in the, in the, in the set photos, but 
Um, and she pulled it off. I'm not going to lie. She definitely wore the shit out of all the clothes that she wore. And they were definitely all purple. And she'd never let go of that fucking fur coat until like the very end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, respect. But, yeah, that's, that's, those are my thoughts on the uh, her uh, burning up all the Russians. Are you talking about the outfit that was kind of like a jumper and it was really shiny? Because I was like, God damn, that, this, like, she definitely she has, that off. Like, she pulls it off, but her her style is definitely reminds me of like 1980s disco. I was like, maybe yeah, no, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That wasn't one of my favorite ones. Uh, but the one I'm talking about is like she had like a it looked like a dress, but it like went up to her stomach. It was it did not it wasn't flattering. I'll say that I forget which episodes they were, but it was the most the least flattering outfit she had. Um, I, I believe the, the the one she was with, like when you first see her wasn't that bad. She, I think it was like somewhere in the middle, towards the end. Not the obviously not the all black suit, which was her and like her, her stealth outfit, <laughs> whatever that was. But um, yeah, it was one little dress one. Uh, I did not find appealing at all. I'm like, wow, they could have done a better job with that. But I'm just at that point. Hopefully, we'll get a better uh, costume department, I guess, in the second season. But um. Joelle, I'm going to give you the number five slot, but just to, before I hand it over to you, just so that you know what we've picked already, so that um, you're oh, not good, good. Re- re- <laughs> uh, <laughs> We did uh, number 10 was uh, Robin versus the Street Thugs, you know, when he says F Batman. Uh, um, yeah. Number, awesome. <laughs> number nine was the introduction of the Doom Patrol. Number eight yeah. was... Yes. Uh, number eight was the uh, introduction to Donna Troy. Number seven was Raven exploding that nunnery church orphanage, whatever it was. Um, and you know it. Num- and then you know what number six is. So the number okay. five uh, spot is all you. Oh, good. All right, because Steve definitely took two of the ones that we're going to use. So it's good to know that I can't use them. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'm definitely gonna go with guy. I haven't people I haven't heard of yet uh, or heard from yet. Um, Hawk and Dove, like our introduction to Hawk mm. and Dove. You don't understand. I am still dumbfounded at how good they look on television. Like, like, like without the street clothes for Starfire side. I mean, you don't count that part. The costume department is flawless with the superhero costumes. You know what I mean? Like the superhero costumes have been on point from Doom Patrol to the Titans. Uh, and obviously we got sneak peeker uh, recently with Stargirl. I, I mean, I'm just, they have a great superhero costume department. And so when I first got to see Hawk and Dove, we saw the pictures of the first in live action, them doing their thing were, they looked incredible. Like I, I loved Alan Richardson as, as uh Hawk. He, I think he definitely in, in, inhabited him. So like, I, I really, he, he definitely pulled it off. I definitely got that the gruff, angry Hawk, that right wing uh, dude, you know, and they don't. In this version, they don't seem to have powers. They're just vigilantes or whatever. Uh, but they definitely pull it off well. Dove, um, I loved her too. Like they, I loved her style. She was more uh, like she uses her dance background to, to fight around. Her wings are like blades, and I'm like, I, I love all of that, and I love. But I think they're for, like when we first get to see them, uh, I think they they it really did blow me away just based on what I, uh, everything I saw. And how and the actors involved who we who we definitely got who we met at, at, at the one of the cons so um, that was really cool just to, we saw them met them actually saw them do their thing and it just felt it, it was full circle I'm just really happy with the costume department with the actors involved and I thought Hawk and Dove 
I've never been portrayed so well on uh, in uh, on screen. Yeah, um, I think their costumes could have easily been cheesy, and yes. they weren't. Yeah, I really like them, but they could have like they could yeah, have they could been, have. but they almost had. And you can kind of correct me if you don't feel the same way, but had almost like a Watchmen feel to them. And I love yeah. them. I love their costumes. And I love their introduction because when Hawk was uh, chained up and they were threatening to, you know, cut his uh, private parts off. And it's like yeah, he's, yeah. Taking, he's taking that all like a champ. And he's so smug about it. And then Dove comes out of nowhere and she just kicks absolute ass. And it's like, yeah. He knew that his lady was going to come in and, like, save the day. And how, I I think she had a line where she was like, you just couldn't wait for me or something like that. And I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved it. So their introduction was absolutely great. Um, I don't know anything about those characters because, you know, I'm not necessarily a comic book reader. So I right. didn't know that they were supposed to have powers, but I liked them as vigilantes. I thought that they were good. Okay. Um, they made it work. They made it work. <laughs> I thought so, too. So, um, uh, AJ, I'm going to shoot over to you to ask you what you thought of the introduction of Hawk and Dove. I loved it. Um, is it Minka Kelly? I, I don't know. Is yeah, that yes, it is. Yes, it uh-huh. is. She, <laughs> um, it's her and... Donna Leslie, I love the most <laughs> in this show. Um, Donna um, loves Hank. I love that relationship between the two. Um, their interaction when they're fighting together is amazing as well. Um, I also want to highlight the, um, like when they first met, like when they were both in, what is it called? They were both seeking help, and when they first see, see each other, they didn't they didn't get off on the right foot. But once they started talking to each other and getting um, getting to know each other more, you can see those that, that relationship that relationship just clicked between um, between the two. You can tell that Don loves Hank, and and then you bring <laughs> then you bring Dick Grayson in the mix, and I I like that. Um, that triangle at first, and then when you see Dick showing up to, um for the first time, helping them fight, and you you hear um Don say, "Oh, here here's the boy Wonder." <laughs> I mm-hmm. just I just like the re- I just like the relationship between all three of them, and specifically between Hank and Don. So I agree with this with this pick. Yeah, it, I think it's a great pick. Um, I was absolutely devastated when uh, Dove was thrown off of that roof. I was like, no. Oh, yeah. Was like, yeah. Oh, that was so sad because, you know, especially right so early. Hank, so early. <laughs> and then and then Hank and Dick, you know, were having their, like, disagreement and stuff. And I'm like, so tell me that the girl, that they're, you know, both of them essentially pining over, even though Hank is with, you know, her. But tell me that mm-hmm. she's going to die right now. I was like, that's where we're going to go with this. I was completely devastated by that. Um, and I had just met them. I had just met these characters, and right. I was so sad by that. But um, Juwan, because... I screamed when uh, that happened. 
I know. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to give it over to Juan because there's some guy uh, in the parking lot next to my building blasting, uh, like, reggaeton right now. So, uh, Juan, <laughs> tell me uh, your thoughts about uh, this scene. Well, to be fair, I don't hear it, so that's really good. But um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's a, a really good pick. Um, I, I love the introduction of these two characters. I would say it's funny, though, the I didn't think this show had, like, any bad, like, CGI or anything like that. I thought everything was, was pretty uh, tightly kept. I think the only bad CGI was when the car hit her mom and his brother. It just looked <laughs> really bad. And I was just like, you could have just had, like, an off like an off screen to where, like, you just show shots of her and him, um, and you don't really show the truck hitting anything. Um, right. And that would have been just as effective, but the fact that you showed it and it looked so horrible um, was insane. Um, it was funny because me and Joel got screeners of it, so they make it clear in the screeners that it's not the final edit. So I'm like, oh, it won't look like that Like when you watch the actual show. And when it did, I was just like, oh, what? Like, this is horrible. Um <laughs> So that was the only knock I have of anything we've, we've seen um, CGI-wise. Uh, well, but no. Dick I, Race I, and I Jungle think... Jimming Through the Trees wasn't very, didn't look great either. <laughs> that yeah, that, that didn't look great. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It wasn't as in your face as that truck no. being so horrible, but it was bad. So I, I will give you that. It was abrupt. It definitely was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, i say, um, it was very emotional to see Hawk's um, childhood. Uh, that was that was tough to watch. Um, really, yeah. really, really tough to watch. Um, oh, yeah. Very, very ballsy of Jeff Jones to uh, to put that in there. Um, very rarely are you reminded of how realistic some of these comics are uh, with their more grounded characters. Because um, I think people think comics are, oh, Alien came from the sky, Alien came from underground, Guy has a power ring. Like, no, some of these guys are, like, 100% human. They just have a really high pain threshold, like Batman or, like, Hawk did in, in the show. Um, yeah. But, yeah, these characters are super grounded. Like, they experience exactly what normal people experience. Um, and it was just really tough to see. I mean, just seeing a kid go through that um, and how strong he had to be at that young age. It was just, just talking about it just really weird. So I'm going to move on. Um, I think uh, what Minky Kelly did with um, with Dove was was great. Uh, like Joel was saying, the dancing background was awesome, um, and you know Hawk was just it was it was so much fun to kind of see someone because I, I believe as Joel was saying before they do have powers in the comics, um, mm-hmm. and I love that they took it away. And in this show, they were just kind of just vigilantes, which was awesome. And it showed me once again why this universe would have been better suited for Arrow. Uh, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, it was also really cool to see how much Batman did not approve of Hawk and Doves. Um, it made sure he made that very clear to Robin. Um, so when you kind of see Robin drop in to kind of help them um, fight, and then they're kind of like, I thought Batman said, like, you couldn't hang out with, with the cool kids. And it's just like, Batman doesn't tell me what to do. And I'm kind of just like, nah, he's going to be really pissed around. <laughs> he's not going to like this. Um, but, yeah, all in all, it, it was a great pick, Joel, because um, they are possibly 
if they're back in, in season two, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to um, is because the last thing we saw Dove say was we have to find Jason Todd. So now I'm kind of just like, why? Like, I'm curious now, like, did she maybe while she was in her dream state see a future of Red Hood? Um, there's just so many different questions uh, that her just mentioning that uh, set off for me. So I'm definitely looking forward to those two characters the most in season two. Besides Slade. Those two, yeah. Yeah. The, those characters are great. I liked how uh, Hawk and Doug complement each other because Hawk is so abrasive and, uh, you know, like that. And then Dove is just such this, like, calm aura, like, just this yep. be- beautiful person, well, honestly. So, yeah, go ahead. I think some of the some of the best parts about that is, like, I, I explained this to Juwan, like, they were basically uh, political, they created, like, political differences. Like, like Hawk was the right-wing conservative and Dove was supposed to be the liberal left wing type and then and, and the, but they were like in the beginning they were brothers uh brothers and obviously you saw in the show which they, i didn't expect the show to do that but i was very surprised that they actually showed his brother uh and don <laughs> i really respect the fact that they actually went there and showed that they were brothers first he died obviously and, and then don takes over the dove persona which is preferred because she's the pr- more preferred character and but i do love that even though they're not they didn't lean into the whole political aspects of it but the, personality wise he was definitely the bullheaded aggressive one and she was more laid back calm uh and i, I really did res- i love that they they went there you know so i really did enjoy hawk and dog in the show yeah and i think that this is a great pick joel um just to have highlight these two characters so great job um I'm going to move along to the number four slot and give it over to AJ to give us his uh, his pick. <clears throat> okay. Um, since it's Batman's 80th birthday right now, I'm going to give a shout-out to Batman. And in this show, I'm going to say that I love how they don't show him, but at the same time, they give him a – a great presence to um, Dick Grayson and all the other characters. And I always said that they shouldn't do a TV show about, for like Batman or Superman because those are the big names and most popular and basically legends to everybody else. And they should only stick to the movies. But for this, um, I like how I like the use of the um, minimum. Min, oh my God minimalized um, Batman to a degree that we don't see him as much or um, we're not, like, we don't, he doesn't, he's not the focus of the show. So just to hear Batman, I'm not Batman, um, Dick Grayson or Jason Todd mention his name and the final, the final um, season where everybody's like scared of Batman, they all think that like, he's a myth. But <clears throat> Dick Grayson tells me he's not a messy. All all of that, I feel like it's the mystery of Batman in the show that I really loved, and that that's my choice of um, one of the top ten Batman. 
Yeah, Batman always seemed to have a presence throughout the first season of Titans, even though we never really saw him. And I do always like how he was a conversation, um, even with the first pick that we had on this show, where it was that uh, the the, uh, thugs were looking, you know, where's Batman, where's Batman? Um, And then with, as you guys mentioned, Hawk and Dove, you know, asking if Batman would even like Robin hanging out with them, and then even Jason Todd. Uh, and that final episode was crazy, even though sometimes I still don't fully understand it, um, but how it was kind of like Dick Grayson was going back to make sure that Batman didn't complete his quest in killing the Joker, and how even when he went to the hospital, and or not the hospital, um, found out that the Joker wasn't dead at first and called Bruce to be like, hey... You, you don't have to jump off the deep end because you didn't actually kill him, which then was uh, Dick essentially telling Batman where the Joker was, and then obviously Batman fulfilled his quest in killing the Joker. So, uh, yeah, I like the usage of Batman in this show. I kind of don't want them to cast a Bruce Wayne uh, for the second season, just kind of like have it where he's always mentioned but never seen. So I think that that's a really good aspect of the show. Um, Joelle, what do you kind of think about Batman's presence throughout season one? It's perfect. I didn't need to see Batman particularly. Um, I always, I agree with AJ. Like I, I didn't, I think they're probably, I like seeing them more in the movies and, and then being more of a presence on, on TV. Um, but they it worked perfectly in Titans, like throughout the whole series. You never get to see Bruce. You never get to see really Batman, especially that final nightmare episode with Dick. He was a badass, and you never saw his face <laughs> once. And, and that's all I needed. I didn't need much of anything. I was very much happy with what we, the way they used him. Um, and 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 more of that is fine with me. I don't. Mess, I mean, if they do it, I'm never going to complain and bitch about it. But it, you know, at the same time, just his presence alone and the fact that he exists. You know, and even like oh, they they mentioned other heroes, but Batman obviously being the biggest, considering his main protege is there, um, you you couldn't not address Batman at some point. So I do I applaud them for the way they use him, especially in the final episode. Yeah, it was perfect, John. What do you yeah. think about uh this topic? I think I'm okay with replacing Titans with just a Batman show. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought it was um, <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Batman being, I, I always like the idea of Batman being like a boogeyman. Um, him being somebody that if you see, it's usually not for a good reason, um, and just the whole myth of him. So this adds to it. Uh, well, it did. So obviously the very last episode, but not seeing Batman but hearing about him so much, it was mm-hmm. so much fun because there was a level of mystery to it. Um, it just kind of felt like we may never see Batman, but like he is such like this God, not, not God fearing, but like, you know, people are fearing him so much. Um, but we obviously never get to see him, but obviously the last episode changed that. Um, I kind of feel as though it's, it's to the thing to where it's like, since you have Donna, obviously a connection to Wonder Woman, you have um, Robin, obviously connection to um, Batman, and now you have Superboy, so obvious connection to Woo! Superman. We don't ever need to see um, their, you know, uh, 
their their counterparts. We don't. I don't need to see Superman, Wonder Woman, or Batman. Um, would I be fine with it? A thousand percent. I just think whenever mm-hmm. you have a show about characters that are lesser, it was the same conversation, Joel, me and you had uh, when we were trying to tell Dane there was absolutely no reason, um, even though it'd be cool to see, it just would right. make sense if you brought Batman into the CW, mainly because they try, they've tried so hard to make Oliver Bruce. So it's like you bringing in Bruce Wayne, I kind of feel like it takes away from the fact that you've made a universe of, outside of Flash, B-plus uh, characters. Um, so it was kind of just like, don't mess it up. Like, when you brought in Superman, I was kind of just like, ah, you were doing so well. Like, there was, like, no really Justice League members outside of, obviously, Barry. Because um, then once you open Pandora's box, you're now going to have people like, well, I want to see how. Well, I want to see, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see all these other characters. Yep. Um, and it's unnecessary. Like, this is a show about the Titans. I don't need to see Bruce. I don't need to see Diana. I don't need to see Kal-El. I just don't. Uh, it takes away from it because then you want more of it. Then you have, if Slade's beating up the Titans, people are going to go, well, why didn't you just call Bruce? Let Bruce come help. Like, it just, it's Pandora's box. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> so it, it was fun to see Batman because you guys know how much I love Batman, but I was completely okay with never seeing him because I didn't want it to take my focus off of um, just enjoying the show for purely just the Titans. Well, and I don't think that they did you know, that necessarily people are going to be wondering if we're going to see more of Batman because then essentially wasn't uh, Batman's presence in the final episode just a dream? So it wasn't even reality. So you won't have to really say, well, you know, what about Bruce's involvement? Because Bruce wasn't really involved. That was just um, a manifestation of Dick Grayson's subconscious. No, I know. But you're going to face the the same problem that I – because I'm just thinking more from a sense of – and I know you guys have seen this a lot. It's when you introduce a character – that big into the world. And we've actually seen Bruce Wayne. He was like a shadow um, looking at Grayson through the window. Um, Right. But then you just get the questions of, well, like, how come you didn't just call this one? Like, everyone had that when, um, after the Avengers movie, like when Winter Soldier, stuff like that, where everyone was just like, Cap, why not just call Stark? Let Stark help you out. It's like, dude, it's supposed to be about Cap. He can't just call Iron Man because he needs help. Like, no, the whole point is for Cap. To, to get the job done. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like once you open Pandora's box, that question's always going to be there. So to me, it's just, I'm just saying it's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, and I completely get that. It'll be interesting to see where they go in season two. But um, so moving right along just for time purposes, Juwan, actually, you have the number three slot. All right, so for this one, Uh, no, no, I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm here. Uh, (laughs) Don't give me a panic attack. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I had myself on mute, and then, like, I was in another app, so I was trying to click over. Um, (laughs) I'm actually going to go with the entire team um, inside that, like, mental institution place. Yeah. Um, That, to me, was so important for so many different reasons. You had Gar kill, <clears throat> excuse me, kill for the first time. Um, you had 
uh, Dick Grayson decide that it's time to get rid of the persona of Robin or at least him uh, portraying Robin. Um, and you also just had Starfire kind of just uh, fully go into freak out mode of the idea of her being an alien and not really knowing what came before her waking up um, to Russians. Um, so it just, it, it did a lot for those characters. You even had Raven find her mother. Um, so it was an episode to where it was kind of like a breakout for everyone. Gar kind of, that if you're going to survive, you're probably going to have to kill from time to time. Um, so it's a thing that you're either going to have to find an alternative or get comfortable with the idea of having to protect yourself by any means. Um, Raven getting to to reunite with her mother. Um, and then to me, of course, the most important is Robin kind of breaking out of his own shell. Um, and it was just very important for him because we know that is what will launch him into becoming Nightwing. They set it up in so many moments. I think Starfire even had a line, I'm paraphrasing here, of what will you become now? And then I'm like, oh, that's when he says Nightwing. And then when he was just like, I don't know. It was just like, oh, you <laughs> suck. Like, that's when no. you say Nightwing, man. Um, yeah. I think I was with uh, Wonder Girl, whatever her name is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, obviously, it's part of the journey. And I don't think, I think within five episodes of season two, he will become Nightwing. Um, whether it's him, whether it's Alfred helping him um, by getting the costume for him, which I wouldn't be shocked by because obviously you see that Alfred still loves Dick very, very, very much um, and will still help him no matter what Bruce says. Um, so I, that'd be really interesting if, like, Alfred went to Lucius and got, like, a Nightwing suit made for Dick. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought that that episode was very freeing and liberating and eye-opening for all of those characters. Yeah, that was a great episode, and we obviously got to see the uh, ramifications afterwards that kind of stuck with all of the characters. So, um, and anytime, I don't know why, I like really like seeing shit in mental asylums. I don't know. Some of my favorite movies are like Girl Interrupted, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, I love shit like that. So, that was definitely a fantastic um, episode, Joelle. How how did you like that episode, and what really kind of went on with these characters? I liked it a lot. I was, thought it was a very good, intense episode. And like what Joelle was saying, like everybody was facing their own demons, more or less. Uh, uh, with you know, Gar getting his first kill as, as a tiger and. But uh, and like because that's all he could be, and and he was being pretty much tortured most of that episode anyway. So it was like no one felt bad for the dude anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, then you had uh, Dick facing himself, like the whole mind trip of him fighting himself for the most part, and eventually ending with him at, at the end of the episode burning the suit. And I'm like, oh shit, he's burning the suit. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he can't wear it anymore. So we're fucked. No more good, awesome looking Robin suit. Um, <laughs> that but uh, that part sucked. But uh, aside from that, um, uh, it just it was just a good overall episode. Um, Starfire finding herself and like keeping her like all like isolated and insulated, so she can't really use her powers uh too much. And um, I forget exactly what was going on with Raven. I know she did find her mother, but I forget exactly how they were torturing her. If anybody remembers, you can just jog into my memory. Um, but overall, I thought the episode was uh. 
pretty damn good. One of the better episodes, obviously. Yeah, to me, Titans definitely started off a little bumpy and then just definitely cruised on to greatness <laughs> all the way through, like, like second half of the show. Yeah, I was sad when uh, Robin burned his costume, too, because I thought it was an <sighs> awesome-looking costume. Uh, it was. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, Robin, throughout the years when it ever came to, like, live action, it's always been a wonder if, you know, he was going to be portrayed properly on screen. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, the costume is, you know, a kid's costume when we see it in mm-hmm. animated form or in comics. And how is that going to translate onto the screen and not look cheesy? And I think they did a fantastic job in not making it look cheesy. So that uh, that was sad. <laughs> but I'm excited yep. to see uh, Dick become Nightwing. That's going to be epic. Yeah. I really hope it happens, like, soon in the second season. But um, Me too. <laughs> AJ, what did you uh, think about the team in this mental asylum? I I love this episode very much. Um, um, y'all were talking about Garfield killing a person. To me, that was uh, one of was he's been like y'all said he was he was um tortured throughout the whole episode, and you can see that that he was losing himself and and once it once it stopped he just he just compl- completely lost himself and killed the person and even in the past shows he said he's never killed bitten the person he doesn't like blood and all that so once he like reverted back to a human form and learned that he killed the person he could see the blood all over his body and you can just tell that he was traumatized and he didn't even know himself anymore and all all of that. Um, that was very emotional. And then you have Dick Grayson being strapped up and it's basically a mental battle um, between himself. And you can see that he's resisting and you know that he learned that from Batman having that resistance and that struggle to this to stay sane. And then you have um, Starfire um, getting cut open. And you can tell that she's struggling with all of that as well. But I, I would say this, that um, this episode was a great introduction for a movie that we will 100% get. And I'm going to call it now that Mary uses is going to um, do Arkham Asylum. <laughs> I, I really want that to happen. And to see basically all what just happened to Titans happened to Batman. And I'm calling it now. It's going to be made. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of sounds like uh, the movie that Juwan always wanted with Ben Affleck's Batman, but he'll now never get. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tia. Appreciate that. I love you so much. <laughs> I feel bad because it's like I don't mean to harp on Juan so much about it, but now it's kind of become like a running joke. Um, I can't <laughs> wait to see uh, what other actor I, you know, prevent from being a superhero in the future now that I got both Affleck and Ezra Miller out. So. I don't know, John. You're oh. worried. <laughs> oh my stomach. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this to you: 
the the Ben Affleck jokes won't hurt as much once we have a new Batman. Like once I can wrap my head around a new Batman, it won't hurt as much. But till then, your words are like saying the, that. the sharpest knife. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be announcing a new Batman soon. I mean, not to go too off topic, but they, I mean, if Matt Reeves wants to be doing his uh, movie by the end of the year, we're going to have to have an announcement at any point. I, I, think, feel I like. think they already have him cast. I think they already have him cast. They're just waiting so until like, they have everything set. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Warner Brothers, as horrible as they are keeping their doors locked, if you do already have a Batman cast, literally one person knows, and that one person is Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two, Matt Reeves and the actual actor. Because um, there's mm-hmm. no way anyone else knows, <laughs> and it doesn't get leaked, because Warner Brothers is just horrible with keeping secrets. So it's like, if he is casted already, bravo to them. Huge bravo to them. They have to. It would be a smart decision. They see everything that's kind of going on. They need to keep that under wraps. So I'm interested to see who the next Batman's going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I think have a new Batman and Flash by the end of the year. Crazy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll have to see. We will have to see. But um, great uh, choice for number three. AJ, I'm going to shoot it over to you to get the number two spot. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to do the Jason Todd fight scene in the warehouse. Um, Word. The fight choreography, the brutality of Jason Todd. Um, I just loved it all. He, him, and you can tell that him and Dick Grayson are like total opposites. You have one that respects Batman in a certain certain way, and the other one that also respects him, but in the opposite way. You have Jason Todd that loves Batman because he fights crime and he knows that he can hurt cops without Batman knowing because of what what his um history was. And then you have Dick Grayson that's um that enjoyed um fighting as well, but he's he's learned that that wasn't the right way to do things and he can tell that Batman was slipping off, but for Jason Todd you can tell that He's like moving right along Batman's path uh, for the show, at least. And to see him just take out all those um, cops without any remorse and care because of um, what's the word? Um, can't remember the word. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can tell that Jason Todd doesn't care of the corruption. Um, because um, corrupt cops and all that, so he just treats all cops as um, as the same. And when Dick Grayson stops him and says, um, I, I think he says that uh, I can't I can't remember what he said, but Jason Todd said that I know who I am, do you know who you are? And you can tell that Dick Grayson just stops and thinks about it, and he doesn't know what to say. And Jason Todd just walks away, and you can tell that Dick Grayson wants to be some um, something better, and 
you can tell that he wants um what's the actor's name for Jason Todd? Curran Walters. Yeah. I think. Um yeah. he portrays um Jason Todd in a perfect way. I just wish <laughs> I I'm in the um I'm in a love hate relationship with this show because all the characters in the show I wish was portrayed in the movies. Um, now we won't get that because they're portrayed in the DC um, universe shows, which is amazing. But um, from characters like Donna Choi, you can tell that she'll go well with um, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. You can tell that Dick Grayson's um, opposite of Batman. You can tell that they will go on um, be great together. I just wish that all these characters were were represented in the show and more people will see it because not a lot of people have the DC Universe app and yeah. So my choice is Jason Todd fighting in the warehouse. That and I like what you were saying, AJ, about uh the uh the differences between Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. Because even though Dick Grayson stepped away from Batman it's like he still holds on to those lessons that he learned throughout his time with Bruce Wayne and how he's looking at Jason Todd almost like a loose cannon. And he's like, hey, we don't do that. And Jason Todd's like, why? And if correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the scene where Jason Todd is fighting them and he literally does that one move where he, like, takes one of the cops and, like, just, like, slams. Oh, God, <laughs> that, like... I like Amazing. jumped a little. I was like, "Holy shit!" The brutality of that, and you can see yeah, in Dick Grayson's eyes. Oh, the way he <laughs> yeah. like sees that, it was insane. That scene. And I'm like, you need to watch out for Jason Todd because this guy definitely. And I know, like, you know, he later on becomes uh, becomes uh, Red Hood, but it's like you can see that. You can see like that. You need to watch out for this guy because he's going to become something, and he's going to become something uh, really crazy. So definitely uh, that was an insane fight scene. Was that also a scene where Jason Todd kind of saved Dick Grayson at first? Yeah. It was when they um, first introduced Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that that was insane. That was a great uh, scene, but like the court, the fight choreography was fantastic in that. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Joel, tell us about what you thought about this scene. Uh, well, I'm happy he brought it up because I was definitely hoping it would make the list because <laughs> I really did enjoy <laughs> Karen Walters, Jason Todd. I, I mean, the fact that Jason Todd was in the show uh, still. Uh, surprising me. It is the first, I believe, live action interpretation of Jason Todd, and and like you can tell, everyone was excited because Jason now, especially more than what they forced the, the fans killed him off, is more popular than ever. Uh, Jason Todd, obviously more so as the Red Hood than ever as Robin, but we get to see the dynamic there that Dick and Jason are definitely not the same people. <laughs> They're definitely not. They're two different guys. Uh, and Dick, uh, it was funny is that you kind of see Dick um, try to tell Jason that he's he's not the best guy for you. Batman's not this, not that. And at, at the end of the day, he ends up being just like him. <laughs> so Jason, Jason's kind of a loose cannon, uh, and and he can't be completely trusted. And you see it when he goes after the cops. And I know 
he has a history beat his ass a lot when he was on the streets, and that's what he was. He was a street kid. Um, Bruce took him in, raised him, and, and then now it has him running around in the Robin costume as his new Robin. And we know, obviously, if they stay true to the storyline, uh, that will be his end uh, at some point and eventually uh, his resurrection at some point as well. But I, I'm just – I was very happy with what we got from uh, his interpretation of Jason. Uh, even his suit, which looks very similar to Dick's suit, just maybe a little altered. But um, he looked great in the suit too. And he de- he definitely had more energy. And he was, and it had, like, he was, I don't want to say the word spunky, but he was definitely like ready to go. He was energized and, and – Loved being Robin. Whereas Dick was like, I don't want to be on this. He was all gloomy and depressed. And that's not normally <laughs> Dick either. Dick became that over time. But Dick's no, he's normally the happy one. But um, he has to find his smile again. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, that that's what Dick <laughs> needs to do. And he will. He definitely will. Uh, but right now, Jason is having a ball uh, riding around with bats and even using the Batmobile occasionally, which Dick was kind of, you could tell, like, well, he never let me drive the Batmobile, <laughs> stuff like that. So I, I, was, I loved it. I, I can't wait to see more of it. And we got to tease that he'll be back next year, too. So I just, everyone obviously is waiting for the moment where Jason, uh, you know what. So I don't really want to ruin Chef but I don't know the story going forward. But yeah, Jason. Uh, was very good in this season, especially that the, his his one episode um, where it was just him going up against the cops in the warehouse, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I, he loved being Robin. I and I want to say like I want to say like uh, I like that you funkiness. I want to say like attitude, but not like yeah. you know it's not like he was uh, you know mean and he was like f you all the time, but like that like. There was an edge to him. There was an edge to him that was not oh, yeah. with uh, Dick Grayson, and I think because right. Dick Gray- Dick Grayson was the first, and he had a very you know similar uh, situation than Bruce Wayne did. You know, their parents dying in front of them, and yep. mm-hmm. yada yada. But then Jason Todd is just a street kid, so there's just a difference there. And I love how he's like, oh, look at my costume. I have this. You know, nothing's going to penetrate it. It's awesome. Like, oh, you have such a old, you know, suit and da da da. And yeah. then, like, <laughs> even that one scene where they're going towards, like, the car and Jason's like, oh, I'll do this. And he, like, runs away. And it's like, and Dick is like, man, I'm too old. And, like, Dick's not old at all. But, like, he's like, I'm too old for, like, this kid's, like, energy levels right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does feel that way. It does feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know how, like, like to me, Dick Grayson is going to be an amazing Nightwing. And I certainly see Jason yeah. Todd being a Red Hood, but he's a little young for that, I want to say. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he should be older when he becomes uh, Red Hood. So who knows how many seasons we're going to get of Titans, but I would certainly like to see him older as Red Hood. But that's just... That's just me. Just, uh, just move him over to the movies. Yeah, but that's that's a great great scene, um, AJ. Unfortunately, Juan had to leave us, um, but you know, Bum. I'll let him know. What, <laughs> I'll let him know what we picked uh, for this. But in a whole, Jason Todd, like that actor, just did a fantastic job. I. Really, because I didn't realize that that last episode was like a dream sequence, and I'm like, are they really gonna yeah. make Jason Todd in a wheelchair this whole time? We're not gonna see him kick ass anymore. 
I kind of thought like if they were going to no. go in that direction, I was like, oh, we're going to be robbed, you know? Well, well, in the comics, he technically died, so him in the wheelchair is perfectly fine since you can always <laughs> recover from. <laughs> As we all know, right. we can all recover from a spine uh, spine injury. So hey, that's, that's <laughs> the universe. It's not stopping anybody. <laughs> I like how Joel wanted to kind of like uh, not put that out there, and AJ's like, "Nah, Jason Todd dies at some point." Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> Boy, I was trying, I- but you know, it's obvious <laughs> if you follow the character. <laughs> Well, I don't think that anyone who is paying for DC Universe is paying for it and not really knowing about these characters and what happens to them, you know? Like, right. I even know what happens. Yeah. What did you say? I say you can read the comics on the DC app as well, so. That's true. Okay. Yeah, there. I haven't taken yeah, advantage of that, that yet. <laughs> you got to take advantage of that, too. Get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. Just after I uh, rewatched the last episode of Doom Patrol for the fifth time. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that the last episode? What'd you say? No. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, no. No, 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 no. There's like, I think there's going to be like 15 episodes. They're getting more episodes than Titans okay. did. Cause I think yeah, that's two, crazy. Like, we got well, robbed of an episode in Titans. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Doom Patrol's a better show. No. Um, whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that could be show. a discussion for another day. But, um, guys, we have done an amazing job with this list. We are down to the number one slot. Um and I think that it should go to Joel if he has his list in front of him or if you have a, a scene in your head for the number one spot. Oh, like, well, the number one spot was probably already used, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to think of a, of a scene because uh, I don't have it on top of my head. I definitely didn't write this down. It all came off the top of my head. <laughs> um, oh, sheesh. Uh, I'll take it, but I, I don't have one. I mean... I could use some help, though. If anybody wants to throw out a scene, uh, oh, darn it. Uh, is um, Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson, um, rescuing Hawk and Dove. That wasn't bad. You know what? I, I mean, it's, I don't think it belongs number one. I'll say this, but there is, um, the nuclear family. I don't, not many people know who the nuclear family are, but they were used in this show. They're that, like, cookie cutter. Uh, family that you see uh, going after the Titans uh, are being assigned to go after them. They're kind of like, I'm not saying they're robots, but they're not normal, obviously. Oh, you know, they're just kind of that weird yeah. ass family. That weird <laughs> ass family. They were badass uh-huh. though. They were kind of crazy. And um, uh, again, I wouldn't put number one, but I, I thought their interpretation of the nuclear family was not bad at all. Uh, considering I just really. I don't know much about the nuclear family. I've only seen them a couple of times. And uh, just the fact that they they got to use them in live action was still completely shocking to me. Um, but they, I thought they did a good job with them. They really did. And, and then the fact that they just replaced them with a new, a new guy once the one person dies and just keeps replacing them. It's just weird. And they would inject themselves. In the comics, they're more like machines. Uh, but in this, they seem to be like 
I don't even know what the fuck they are. I remember, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what they are, but they're fucking crazy. I'll say that. I'll say that. <laughs> they, they were insane because I, like, actually, I would have never thought of this for the list, but I'm so happy that you brought them up because they did have somewhat of an arc. And when you first see them, right, and they're all just kind of like, they, they seem like the, you know, typical American family. They're having breakfast. Right. The kids are playing shit. And then, like, the dad gets, like, the uh, the guy saying, like, you know, you're activated now. And he's like, who wants their, uh, you know, vitamins or something? And, like, it's these syringes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, very, but... <laughs> like, the, the way they operate, I'm trying to, like, see in my head, like, what they even remind me of, and it's not coming to me yet, but, um, yeah, that was crazy, and then how, as you said, the one dad was killed, which I love that scene, by the way, Starfire just, mm-hmm. like, freaking setting yeah. a blaze in the bathroom was so good, um, and how they just replaced him, and they're like, do you want a new dad, and they're like, yeah, we want a new dad, um, and that was insane, they were good fighters too. I mean, again, that they were the ones who threw uh, Dawn over the yep. roof mm-hmm. and that, you know, gave me like three heart attacks, but uh, <laughs> they're, crazy. I do al- they're crazy. And I do also love though, like that guy who is controlling them, you know, how crazy he was. He's just making eggs and he's like, yeah, Oh, well, yeah. you know, I made eggs. I don't that want was... him to go to waste. Oh, uh, uh, no. So odd. It's so, so odd. It's weird. <laughs> but I love that. I love that, like, strangeness. And then um, just kind of as, like, a bow tie on it, I love when, like, they're – this sounds weird to say, but, like, when their heads explode and mm-hmm. Starfire's, like, Starfire's, <laughs> like, they're dead. And Dick is, like, come on. And she's, like, I didn't kill them. Like, I just love that, like, that yeah. uh, assumption that Dick had, like, oh, come on, what are you doing, Corey? And she's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Their heads just imported on yeah. They did it to themselves. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I agree. That was insane. Um, AJ, what do you think about the uh, the nuclear family here? Meh. Yeah, Ouch. They're, they're, they were okay, I guess. As a, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what I really think about them at all. I don't really know them, like, uh, um, comic book-wise, but the um actors that were portraying those characters, I really enjoyed, but the characters as a whole, I thought just, uh, yeah, not 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 that good. I didn't find them anything at all. That's all they were. Yeah. (laughs) I liked them because I liked the idea of this, like, white-collar family who, if you saw them, you would think they were perfectly normal, but then obviously something is completely off with them. They're like robots, essentially. I don't know if they actually were. I think they were just people, but... Uh, very robotic in nature, and they're yeah. the main villains, and they're also uh, very dangerous. Even the kids were extremely skilled um, as fighters, yeah. and they were determined. They were going yeah. to uh, fulfill their mission, even if it killed them, and obviously then it obviously killed them. So 
uh, I thought that was great. And the guy who was kind of, you know, running the whole thing was just equally as uh, unnerving, essentially. I thought that they were great villains. So I think that's a fantastic choice for the number one, Joel. Thank you. Well, maybe not number one, but definitely to that list we mentioned somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think that throughout these top tens, we've kind of always established that even though it is like a number system, it's not right, right. always like yeah, fluid like that. Exactly, just because that's the way it kind of goes. But um, right. yeah, I, I mean, the top ten moments in Titans, what are your guys, uh, since we have a little bit of time, what are your guys' uh, hopes? Well, first of all, actually, no. Let's go over really quick what your guys' thoughts were of the final season with uh, Trigon. And I'm going to start with you first, Joel. Ooh, uh, well, I know, uh, I again, I thought the, the whole season in general was good. Uh, Trigon was a, a decent, I mean, I thought that was kind of a, a really, that's a really big bad to start off with. But we never really got Trigon to the very end. And even then, we didn't get a full Trigon, you know. So I think, I don't believe, I know they're going to probably end up wrapping up this Trigon arc in the next season pretty early. But I think it's more of a, like, they're going to, they're going to, they're not going to end it. They're just going to probably just get, they're going to move on from it in some capacity. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to get away from it. But they won't, I don't think it'll be over. I think Trigon will be there for the long haul in some capacity. They're going to just find a way to, to get him, to get away from him and probably stunt it for the time being because obviously next season is going to be full of a whole different a whole different crew. They're using like the nuclear family this year. You'll, you're going to like what's coming next year. I'll tell you that much. Um, but Trigon, I think, is a very interesting character and hopefully in the future we do get uh, the, the actual look of Trigon. Like, I want to see him in his demon form. Uh, and I, this show so far has it well, I think the universe in general has not shied away from showing us some good shit, so I have no doubt in my mind we'll get it at some point. Not sure when or how, but uh, I think that's the only thing that I, I'm hoping to see more of. Like, obviously, the relationship between him, uh, between Raven and Trigon, I want to see more of that. And um, if there's only one, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but if there's anything I could point out, it's something I, I wish they did differently. Was uh, Raven's demon? form sort of she doesn't she kind of just looks like someone's like that's possessed by a demon whereas in the comics or in the in the cartoons if you watch them she kind of has like four demon eyes that pop up i like that look of it more uh personally <laughs> but this one works for what it was you know so maybe that maybe that's later on or something like that but right now uh no real big complaints and i, I just want to see how I, I can't wait to see how they figure out this whole trizum thing yeah and I don't know if I believe Ryan kind of feels the same way. Um, the the last episode, to be honest, I felt shouldn't have so much focus on um, that dream sequence so much because mm-hmm. I was I was confused. We had the last episode, <laughs> you know, prior to that, the way it ended, and then in the final episode, it starts with Dick um, with, uh, you know, Dawn, and they have a kid, and she's having another kid, yeah. and we have, you know, Raven, and yeah, and it's like, I got that, but for it to be the whole entire episode, and then only at the very end for Raven to be like, what are you doing to Dick, and it's like, oh, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh, I really wish that the dream sequence had been like 10 minutes top, and then 
like, go back to the whole Trigon, you know, doing that shit. So that's my personal opinion with it. I just don't feel like the whole entire episode, especially for it to be the last episode, to focus on yeah. that. Um, yeah. I just didn't personally enjoy it because I'm like, you could have really just done more uh, if you hadn't focused so much on this, like, background. Or at least maybe have had it, like, a little earlier on in the season. But, uh, AJ, what do you kind of think about that? Did you like how the last episode went, or do you wish they would have focused a little less on that uh, whole mind talk sequence? I liked it as, like, a single episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it was most definitely filler. Um, I think they just wanted to save all of that for sec- the second season. And I, I just, I, I really liked it. Just getting, um, deeper, deeper into, uh, into Dick's mind and see what he really wants. Like he still wants John, um, um, he still wants a family. He wants everything to be happy. But at the same time, in the back of his mind, he still thinks about Bruce and all of that. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. But it, it was definitely filler. And, and it wasn't very cohesive for the whole series, um, for the overall arc. So that was that did feel a little weird to me. Um, but what I hope to see, um, I can't wait to see um, Deathstroke um, in the second yeah. season. So. Oh, my God, yes. Also, I think his daughter's going to be in a Jericho, I think is her name. Jericho, Um, uh, well, her name is uh, Ravager, or Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His son's Um, name is Jericho. Yeah. I think, actually, I think he's going to be in it, too. Um, Yeah, they're both. Yeah. Um, So, I can't wait for them to show up. Those are going to be awesome fight sequences. And if that happens, I really hope that um, Jason Todd and Dick Grayson works together to fight him. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> one of my wishes. Um, what else? Uh, we're also getting Superboy. Thank God. I really love Superboy and um, Young Justice and all of that. He was great in that. Um, mm-hmm. What else? What else? What else? Uh, yeah, that's all I can think of right now. It's going to be amazing. I love who they are casting uh, for those roles for the second season, which, again, I think is coming in the fall of 2019. So we do have that to look forward to. Um, But we are getting to the end of the episode. So I just, uh, before we go, just wanted to say, Thank you again to AJ and Joelle and, of course, Juwan for hopping on this episode. I'm glad that I finally got a chance to watch Titans so we can even do this episode. But, uh, yeah, this is is really great. And um, I am going to have both of you back on for when Doom Patrol ends and we can do a top ten for them because, again, you know that I'm obsessed. Holler. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, um, but again, thank you, Joelle, and thank you, AJ, um, for hopping on. Have a great rest of your Sundays, and both of you go get some coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, have a good day, guys. All right, bye. Bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.